live in front of a national studio audience. It's on Tilt Sports. Featuring cutting-edge gambling analysis of hot college football action for your betting success. Look out now. Here are your hosts, Liam and Clayton. Welcome into our week one picks edition of your college football podcast here. Uh, what a week one it already has been. Uh, this is being recorded on Friday, September 2nd. Uh, last night, quite a few games. Uh, you remember playing NCAA football when you were a kid and you'd have a crazy game and uh, afterward it would flash on the screen. You just played an instant classic. Uh, that was the backyard brawl uh, last night, uh, seven point game, back and forth all night. Um, at times, pretty horrific offense, but Man, it feels good to be back. That was electric. Uh, I think there were 70,000 people uh, most ever in attendance for a pit game. Also, Purdue mucked it up, almost got a big W, uh, but just let that thing go away and slip away in the fourth quarter. Penn State actually looked like the Penn State of old on one drive the entire game, the one at the end of of the fourth quarter there. Uh, Sean Clifford still not buying that stock. But let's go back to week zero. Um, Just a quick overview. What do you see in week zero, Clayton? Yeah, week zero was was a fun week. Um, I like that they that they added that week. You know, it seems like college football is starting earlier and earlier, and feels weird watching watching it in August when it's still hot and still summertime. But um, definitely fun nonetheless. A uh, few games stood out to me. Um, we'll get to uh, Nebraska Northwestern in a sec, but a couple of others were uh, Illinois and Wyoming. I was really curious to see how Illinois looked with their new offensive coordinator, new QB, Tommy DeVito. He looked comfortable. Uh, they rolled over Wyoming. But of course, it's worth noting, Wyoming only completed five passes the whole game. Uh, so obviously an easy uh, easy task there for the Illinois defense. Give them, them some credit, though. They played well, uh, but they're going to play at Indiana this week. Uh, that's going to be a new challenge. Uh, Indiana has a, has a transfer quarterback. Not really sure what they're going to look like. Um, so Illinois will really be tested this week on the road. Um, another fun one was uh, UNC and Florida A&M. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Liam, Florida A&M was missing, I think, 20 starters from their team, and they were still running up and down the field on UNC. Um, A&M's uh, quarterback looked really good. He looked comfortable in the pocket. Uh, UNC didn't seem to get much of a pass rush. Uh, their pass defense was pretty soft, um, as it has been in the, the last few years. Uh, they got a big test coming up this weekend. They play at Appalachian State up there in Boone, up in the mountains. Um, it's going to be fun. Appalachian State is actually favored in that game. Uh, so I, I can't wait to watch that one. Definitely intriguing. Um, let's go to the, the Northwestern Nebraska game. Um, you know, I, I just think it's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious that, that Nebraska lost this game um, to Northwestern. The thing is, you know, Nebraska really cares about football. That's, you know, everything to, to the people in that state and who are associated with that university. Um, they have, you know, one of the, or he used to be one of the top rising coaches. I don't know about now. They brought in a transfer quarterback from Texas. Um, and Northwestern, you know, they're an academic school. You know, football is, is kind of cool for, during the season, but they didn't really care that much. And just the fact that that Northwestern beat Nebraska in Ireland is, is just hilarious just because because Nebraska cares so much and they can't even get it done against Northwestern. So going to be a long season for the Cornhuskers, possibly. Uh, fun fact um, about Scott Frost's contract. Loser. For those of you thinking he might get canned here pretty soon, his buyout drops from $15 million to $7.5 million if they wait to fire him after October 1st. Uh, so we'll see how the first month of the season goes, um, see if he makes it past October. Um, and then the, the last game I'll talk about real quick, the Hawaii-Vanderbilt game. 
was hilarious and fun as well. You know, one thing I've kind of learned here is to is to fade Instagram. Um, you know, all you saw on Instagram all week was, oh, you got to take Hawaii. Hawaii covers at home week one. You know, oh, you know, teams go out there and, and to the island and they're partying and hanging out by the beach and they're not focused. And everyone was telling you to take Hawaii. So I took Vandy and Vandy won 63 to 10. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty funny as well. Vandy had a, a high powered uh, running offense. Hawaii can do much. They have a new regime. Um, but yeah, man, those are my big takeaways from week zero and excited to uh, head into week one here. Man, Scott Frost is the Clay Helton of college football now, uh, or at least <laughs> yeah. for, for that fan base. My God, uh, I actually was a sucker who took Nebraska uh, in that game. So I got excited when they were up 10 or 13, I think in the third quarter after some not so good play in the first half. And then the surprise onside kick, surprise, that didn't work. Uh, and then just terrible game management uh, the rest of the way. Northwestern just ran the rock down their throat uh, near the end of the game, which is what they do. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, that hot seat's very hot. Speaking of being the Clay Helton of college football, uh, Nebraska hosts Georgia Southern, where Clay Helton's landed on his feet September 10th. Oh, no. So look out for whatever the hell the mascot for Georgia Southern is, maybe the Eagles, something like that. Uh, then Oklahoma comes to town, and then they get a bye week early in the season. So October 1st, as you're saying with this contract, Indiana will be Scott Frost's last game. Mark it down. They probably lose there. Actually, it's at home. All these games are at home. They're going to have two or three losses at home to start the season. Uh, wow. That, that, was, that, that, you was mentioned, that onside kick was was just hilarious. They, like Last year, special teams was a huge issue. Everyone knows they had issues on special teams. And then I think, what are they? Where they're up like 11 or 12 maybe, and then they try that stupid onside kick. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, Does Nick Saban do that? Does Kirby Smart do that? Like, come on, man. That was ridiculous. Uh, I don't think they do. No, I don't think so. Speaking <laughs> of uh, another game you covered, UNC Florida A&M, I didn't bother to watch it. Actually, I think there was a weather delay. A few of those games did have a weather delay. Yeah. So when you were uh, looking to make wagers, you had to wait that out. Speaking of which, uh, God, I want to bounce around here. The one weather delay, New Mexico State. I decided, you know what? I'm going to take New Mexico State plus half a point in the first quarter. What a wager. Let's go. Uh, and they're looking fine. They should have scored like twice in the first quarter. They don't, but they pinned the, the opponent back maybe uh, on their own 20. There's three minutes to go. I'm feeling good. The opponent's not lobbing the ball. They're running. Uh, and then a weather delay for about an hour and 10 minutes that I have to sit there and think about the rest of this goddamn first quarter. So uh, Wasn't there they, like they a minute up... and a half left or something, Liam, when the weather delay started? You just yeah, needed you know a little did. bit of time off the clock. <laughs> like three plays and you, you'd be good. Uh, yeah, I was frantically Googling what happens if the game doesn't resume. <laughs> Do they just call the quarter, start the second? How's that play out? But uh, oh, yeah, man. UNC looks soft. Um, it, it, they reminded me of the UNC that maybe we've grown to expect 10 years ago or so. Uh, since Mac Brown got there, we grow to expect something else, and they were overhyped last year. And I thought, you know what? Maybe they'll bounce back this year. No, they won't. Uh, preview of one of my picks. I'm just going to fade UNC the rest of the year. Uh, let's see how that pans out. But let's dive in to week one. It's officially here. It officially started yesterday. Uh, for those who listened to the pod last year, we're going to do six picks and then take a shot. That shot is a plus 300 or better underdog. Uh, also, you can parlay a couple of teams. Hell, even parlay seven favorites if you want. Get those odds up to plus 300. But something we feel particularly good about at plus 300. Uh, however, let's, uh, before doing the actual picks, just dive into a couple of the marquee games. Uh, obviously, in our season previews, you were probably hearing us talk about Oregon traveling to Atlanta to play UGA. It's going to be enormous. That game kicks off at 1230 Pacific, 330 Eastern. 
Uh, same kickoff time, I believe, maybe an hour apart. Notre Dame against Ohio State. That's a 2v6 or a 2v5, depending on the poll that you subscribe to. Uh, what other games are you looking at this weekend? Um, yeah, another game that's on my radar that I'm fascinated to watch is Cincinnati at Arkansas. Um, of course, Cincinnati coming off best year in school history last year, getting to the college football playoff. Uh, they lost their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Uh, he's now with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I've heard they had a couple guys that are battling for the starting spot. I think they, they know who, who the guy's going to be. Haven't announced yet, as they shouldn't. Um, but, you know, we saw Cincinnati against Alabama, an SEC team, uh, last year in the playoff. They got absolutely pushed around on, on, on both sides of the line. They had absolutely no chance. Now, of course, Arkansas, we know, is not Alabama and not even close, but Arkansas still has, you know, big boys up front. They have an, an they have SEC caliber bodies on both sides of the line. I'm curious to see if Cincinnati can keep up, if, if they can stop the run against Arkansas. That's going to be the biggest question. Um, Arkansas's quarterback can run and throw. He's a dual threat guy. Um, and their defense, you know, they they kind of play like a, a softer, you know, zone coverage defense. They'll let you, you know, eat up yards, let you get down the field. But when it when you get close to the red zone, when the field shrinks, they really tighten up and they make you fit it into tight spaces. So I'm curious to see if Cincinnati can can move the ball against Arkansas. I already mentioned um, North Carolina is playing at Appalachian State um, up here in the mountains in Boone. That's going to be fascinating. Going to be a raucous crowd up there in Boone. Uh, those people love their App State football. Um, look that look for that one to be a high scoring affair. App State returns um, veteran quarterback Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce was at Clemson uh, once upon a time, long time ago. Then went to Duke for a year, didn't have a good season. Now entering his second year, I think it's his second year at App State. These kids just have unlimited eligibility nowadays. I can't keep up, but he's still there. And then, of course, um, the Sunday game. Looking forward to LSU playing against Florida State um, in uh, in New Orleans in the Dome. That's going to be fun. Um, I expect LSU to handle Florida State, but we'll see. Um, we have Utah at Florida. That's going to be fun. And then I'm also intrigued for kind of the smaller game. I'm intrigued for the Army and Coastal Carolina game. Army's playing at Coastal Carolina. Grayson McCall is back uh, for the Chanticleers at quarterback again. Um, both teams run a version of the triple option. Um, Army runs a traditional triple option that we've grown to, to see and love or some of you love over the years. Coastal's is more of like a modern day triple option, kind of like a spread type, like a new school version, as I call it. Uh, fascinating offense. No one really does what they do. So I'm excited to watch that game. Should probably be, probably be a fast game. Clock's going to be moving, but I'm curious to see how both teams move it against each other. Yeah, actually, you just queued in on a few of the games that I do have wagers on, and we will talk about uh, Arkansas. Got to love them. Uh, they deserve an award for coach who most resembles the mascot of the team. Uh, when we're looking, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> when we're he's looking, he's a Razorback. At, yeah, <laughs> he is, man, through and through. And that's not a slight on him. I love it. I, I, big big guy football needs to come back. What's what, what was his name at Kansas? Mark Mangino. Is that right? They need to come back. Mark man. Mark Mangini, I think, or yeah, something like something that. like that. Yeah, what er, a Eric Mangini, or him and Mark Eric and Mark related. Oh. I don't know. Wait, was it Mangini or Mangino a Jets coach too or something? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He comes on Colin Cowherd's show a lot, who I love, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yes, you do. That's funny, man. Uh, going to Boone, North Carolina is a ridiculous move by UNC. Uh, that's going to be fascinating to watch. Army, you hit on it. Um, watching the triple option against like a speed option, triple option, weird hybrid uh, that the Chanticleers are doing there. Um, that, I mean, that's just going to be like... Five yards, three yards, two yards, no gain, seven yards. Uh, I don't see a ton of uh, explosive plays in that game. Uh, and Army has 14 starters back. So 
you know what? Screw it. Let's uh, let's dive right in here to the first uh, first three of our six picks. Do you want to take it away with your first three? Let's do it. Um, I'm ready. So few first few games here on my list, games we've already talked about, of course. Um, these are the, the marquee games and, and the games that are going to be on TV, which, of course, we love to watch. You know, I'd love to pick maybe some more Mac games or Sunbelt games. But, you know, man, we just don't have time to watch those on TV, unfortunately. So we go with the big boys. So I'm going to go to uh, to Fayetteville. We've already talked about them. Give me Arkansas minus six and a half against Cincinnati. Um, like I mentioned, I just don't see Cincinnati being able to keep up on, on either side of the line. I think Arkansas is going to run it all over them. Uh, may not be the highest scoring game, but I can see Arkansas winning by a touchdown, maybe 10, maybe 14 points or so. So give me a woo pig minus six and a half. Um, next game I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Atlanta. Uh, where Oregon is playing Georgia um, for the whole game. I believe the spread is about minus 17. Yeah, minus 17, Georgia. Um, I think that's really big. You know, Georgia is not known for their offense. Kirby Smart is not an offensive guy. They just keep rolling with, with Stetson Bennett. Um, you know, I, I, I see them kind of being kind of conservative here week one, just get in, get out with a win, don't show too much. Um, but in the second half, the game could get a little lopsided. You know, Georgia is going to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides, of course. I imagine them to win by how much, we're not really sure. But I imagine the first half will be pretty competitive. Oregon will, will have high energy. They'll be hitting in the first half. So give me Oregon plus 10 uh, in the first half against Georgia. I think, think that number is a little too big based upon how Georgia likes to play offense. Um, the third game I'll go to, uh, talked about it already again, uh, UNC plays at Appalachian State up there in Boone. Um, App State is a one-point favorite right now, which is crazy to think against a Power 5 team at home, but they have a really good program. They love their football. I'm not going to go to the total. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go to the spread. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, so I'm going to go to the total. Give me over 56 uh, for UNC and App State. Uh, like we mentioned, UNC's pass defense is really soft. App State's going to score. Um, and then UNC, they have a good offense, good pass game. Their quarterback looked comfortable week one. I imagine they'll score too. Look for this game to get into the 70s, maybe even the 80s. All right. Uh, you hit on two that I'm going to touch here. Uh, speaking of that game that you just left off on, that, that's interesting. When you were talking about the total, I hadn't looked at it. And in my mind, I was like, all right, I see this game being like 33-37, something yep. like that. So you're, you're well over that number. Um, I'm, I'm curious why it's so low. I mean, they figure the, the home crowd's going to just be deafening. Uh, UNC's going to really struggle to get some points in the first half, maybe. Then App State just tries to hold on in the end. That's the only reason I can think that that's in the 50s. But, uh, you know, I am going to take a side here. Give me the Appalachian State Mountaineers to win this game outright, to win it by more than one and a half. Uh, they were one-point dogs, I think, earlier in the week or potentially two weeks ago when we were looking at lines. It's now shifted. Obviously, the betting public is on the side of App State. Uh, by the way, it's been almost exactly 15 years uh, since the Michigan block and kick return uh, when they shocked college football and upended the college football world. Uh, so, uh, obviously, we're, we're not saying that this would be a momentous upset in any capacity. In fact, they're a favorite. But um, that, that's kind of what they hang their hat on is being the little guy. And now being the little guy in state against the, the bigger school that probably some of your high school classmates who were smarter than you and all these other things, <laughs> and their parents had money, get to go to while you're at App State. Um, the guys on the football team, the guys in the crowd, the student managers, the trainers, I bet you everybody is feeling up for this. So give me App State to cover minus 
one and a half. Also, the last on. time yeah. UNC and App State played, App State beat them. So they, they already know how to do it. When was that? Like two, three, four years ago? Something like that? Uh, you know what? I'm looking it up right now. I don't feel like it was it, a terrible amount of time it ago. It was 20, 2019. That. 2019, yeah. App State won 34-31. Oh, there's so. that number, man. <laughs> there's that number, 67. <laughs> what did That's I say? Right, 37, baby. 31, 37, Yeah, we're going to be right yeah. there again. Uh, UNC just couldn't handle FAMU, so <laughs> look out for App State. <laughs> right. uh, moving to a second game you've touched on, give me Arkansas. I'm going to totally just jump in the boat here with you, and we are going to go 2-0 on this single game. Uh, I like Sam Pittman, tough-nosed. Uh, it is also difficult for Cinderella. This is, this is equally more of a, a condemnation of what I think Cincinnati is going to be than me thinking Arkansas is going to crash the CFP or the New Year's Six. I think they'll be good. They'll be a fringe top 25 and in the top 25 team all year. Arkansas, that is. But as far as Cinderella's, Cincinnati has been the darling the last two or three years. You're right, their quarterback's gone. But a lot of other guys are gone, too. And granted, I think Luke Fickle's a great coach. He can develop some people. But overall, uh, it's hard to continue unless you're Boise State. This is the only example of a Cinderella who's maintained their Cinderella status for like 10 plus years. Our, uh, for Cincy here, we're getting into like year three or four of their Cinderella status. I don't see it continuing, especially with the turnover uh, at the quarterback helm here. Uh, and again, you know, they're not Boise State. But more than anything, I love Sam Pittman. And I think the trench play is going to be too much. So give me Arkansas to cover. It's looking like they are seven point favorites right now. Is that what you see? Uh, six and a half. Ooh, give me tasty. That yeah, me you that know hook. what? Speaking of hooks, buy another little bit of a hook. Spend 10% of your wager to buy it down to six points just in case something squirrely happens. I'll leave you with this on this game. Something squirrely usually happens in a Cincy game. It worked in my favor last time. We were, if you remember, dude, sitting outside watching the end of the All-State Sugar Bowl or some other, you know, New Year's Six game where Cincinnati was playing Georgia, and there was no way in hell that Georgia uh, should have actually covered, I think they were minus three, or I bought it down to minus three. It was three and a half, I bought it down to minus three, and uh, I think somebody scored, like, with 30 seconds left, and then the, the resulting kickoff, Cincinnati just bungled that and then the ball was on their own one and then with like 10 seconds left they gave up a safety so Cincinnati went up one got the safety so two three and at least pushed my wager which was pretty heavy so weird <laughs> stuff happens in these games <laughs> let's go woo pig baby Razorbacks woo pig uh third pick out of me here's a stat for you teams that play in week zero the last many years since week zeros essentially existed are 29 and 50 in their week one games. Ooh, That's interesting. Contrary, contrary to your thought, which is, oh, they worked out the kinks. You know, they're coming in a little warmer. Um, you know, it's like in other sports where a team gets a bye in the first round of the playoffs and then they're playing a hot team who just swept somebody in the first round who maybe is a, a lesser talented team, but they're, they're feeling it. Illinois is feeling it. Uh, 38 to 6, I believe, was the final of their game. Yeah, they played a high school team in Bishop Sycamore, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Illinois is minus one in this game. They are traveling to Bloomington, Indiana, to take on formerly 2 and 10 Tom Allen's Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, the Cream and Crimson are not going to get it done. They do have a new quarterback. Um, I am not a believer in Indiana. But this stat, while it scares me, I'm going to go contrary to it. I wanted to point it out just because it. it feels wrong 
to take Illinois minus one. It feels like Illinois should be more than a one-point favorite in this spot after demolishing a team of any caliber and then heading to a conference game. Yes, it's a road conference game, but it's not the most electric atmosphere. Half those kids probably aren't even at school yet. Um, I should not do this, but I'm doing it. I believe in Brant Bielema. I believe in Bielema Ball. I believe in minus one, Illinois. And I have a theory, or tinfoil hat time, you ready? Um, 29 and 50. There's a reason that is. Who plays in week zero? Does Alabama play week zero games? Does Georgia <laughs> play week zero games? No. Garbage teams tend to play these spots. So, of course, they're 29 and 50 because they go into week one against a real team and they usually lose. But Illinois is a real team. They get it done. Uh I like it. I like the Illini. I was close to putting that on, on my board as well. Liam, great pick. And you know what? I, I can do you a couple points better. I'm seeing Illinois plus one. So I'll, I'll give you that plus one. Give you that uh, that crazy last minute one point loss. You get push protection. Take that. Wow. Uh, my eyes just went straight to the minus one line, which is clearly <laughs> Indiana on this book. But I just ignored that, I guess, because I thought there's no way in hell Illinois is not favored. So thank you. Crazy. I know. Let's hear your, your, your right. next three. Finish it out for us. Yes, sir. Next three, and I'll do uh, my shot as well. Um, I'm going to go up to Syracuse, New York. This game does make me a little nervous because it's on the road at Syracuse um, in the Carrier Dome. But give me Louisville minus four. Um, like I said, it's on the road. It makes me nervous. But the fact that Louisville is favored by four makes me feel pretty comfortable that they're going to win this game. Um, we hit on... Um, on their quarterback, Malik Cunningham, in our ACC preview. Um, I really like him. He's he's a, a, a very poor man's Lamar Jackson, um, but but he's really good. He might be the fastest guy on Louisville's team. Uh, true dual threat. Um, hopefully his throwing has improved a little bit. Syracuse has a revamped offense. Uh, they they um, hired the former offensive coordinator at Virginia. Um, they have a Garrett Schrader back at quarterback. He's more of a thrower than a runner. I don't see them, you know, lighten it up in, in their first game in, in the new offense. So uh, give me Louisville minus four up there at the Carrier Dome. All right, uh, next game I'm going to go to. This is kind of a principal play. You know, I don't really know much about the team that I'm that I'm taking here, to be honest. But give me Southeast Missouri State plus 33 at no. Iowa State in Ames, Iowa, baby. And like I said, I don't watch Southeast Missouri State football people, but I don't think Iowa State is going to be anybody by 33. Um, th their offense has not been that great over the last couple of years. They're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Um, I, I just honestly don't trust Iowa State to, to cover a spread by that much. I wouldn't even be, be surprised if they don't even score that, that many points in the game. Um, they're probably going to be a little, little conservative. You know, get in, get out with a win. Don't show too much because, um, like I said, they are breaking in a new quarterback. You know, they w might want to hide some stuff when they get into some some, some bigger games. But um, but yeah, that's just too big, too big, too many points. Give me Semo plus thirty three. Semo, real quick to interrupt you because uh, I would have asked you what their mascot is, and so I'm going to play this game myself without knowing. Aren't they like the Grizzlies or the Bears or something like that? Um, that is Missouri State. I think Missouri oh. State is the Bears. Semo is like the Red Red Hawks or something. It, it's something something red. red. Let's see I'm, what we I'm got look it here. Up right now. Semo are the uh, the Red Hawks. Very Red good. Hawks. Yep. Let's go. Very good. All right. Continue on. <laughs> the mascots. All right. Um, the last game or the last single game on my slate here. We're gonna go to Sunday. We're gonna go to New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, it is technically a quote-unquote neutral site game, but it's in New Orleans, and LSU uh, is right up the street in Baton Rouge. They're, they're playing host to the Florida State Seminoles, 
Yes, I know Florida State won, what was it, 47-7 to last week against Duquesne. But let's be honest, that was Duquesne. Um, LSU has has been, you know, they have didn't have that good of a season last year. Obviously, Brian Kelly is there now. We didn't do an SEC preview, so I can, you know, hit on Brian Kelly a little bit. Everyone's been making fun of him, you know, lately in, in the offseason since he got there. Maybe not the best cu- cultural fit. You know, he's, he's a Northeastern guy. Um, spent time coaching at Grand Valley State in Michigan. Spent time at Cincinnati and then Notre Dame, obviously. So he's not from, from the Deep South. But the thing about LSU is that it, it recruits itself. Um, those kids grew up there, grew up in Louisiana, loving the Tigers, dreaming about playing for the Tigers. Doesn't really matter who the coach is. They just want to be a Tiger. So they're always going to have great players uh, on both sides of the ball. And Ellis, or, uh, Brian Kelly is a great football coach. I imagine he's just going to inherit all these great players, coach them up, um, and they're going to be really solid for years to come. Um, so give me, give me LSU minus three. Um, prob- probably going to be starting uh, Jaden Daniels, the uh, starting qu- or the former starting quarterback from Arizona State. Um, who was it? Miles Brennan was was looking like he was maybe going to be the starter this year for retire. LSU. He, he decided to retire. Yes, sir. Decided he had enough football. Um, so give me a, give me LSU minus three against Florida State. I just don't trust that that Florida State um, ha- has their culture back, has enough guys back to compete against a uh, high caliber SEC team like the Tigers. Here's All right. a question for you go before ahead. you get to your shot, because then I want to do my three and then I want to go shot for shot. Uh, the LSU Tigers, will they win a national title in the next five years under Brian Kelly? Um, Man, I I think they might. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, it's, wow. it's, it's so tough to win a national title. We got Bama, Ohio State, USC's Georgia. there now. Georgia, of course, if they can, they can play some offense, you know, last year they got lucky with Alabama losing their best receivers. I, I think, I think they will, man, if, if they can, if they can get a quarterback, like, like a Joe Burrow high level, you know, first round top 10 NFL draft pick at quarterback. I think they could, to be honest, Br- Brian Kelly has been getting to the playoff with Notre Dame. Notre Dame schedule is not an sec schedule. We know that, but um, just the fact that he's able to do that well with Notre Dame's talent makes me think he's going to crush it at LSU with that type of talent. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and I agree. It's very difficult to predict actually winning a title. Will they get a CFP berth in the next five absolutely. years? I think, absolutely. Yes. I think Maybe they'll win two. the West. I think I think they'll win the SEC and getting to the playoff, anything can happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. I'm going to pop over to my three and then we'll go shot for shot. We talked about this game earlier. Give me the Army Black Knights uh, plus two. Uh, Army brings mm. back 14 starters. Uh, they, again, are going option attack against option attack of the Chanticleers. Uh, but these are cadets. They're not going out partying in Myrtle Beach. I'm going to keep it that simple. <laughs> I love the service academies. Give me Army plus two. Next game, we're going East Carolina. What is it with these teams scheduling a, a small little brother in-state chip-on-your-shoulder school and going there to play them? Uh, that is out of control. I have that right, correct? ECU is the home team here? Correct, yep. NC State playing at ECU. Crazy, I know. It's out of control, man. So uh, ECU, they have nine D linemen with starting experience coming back. Uh, That's an insane statistic. You might have like three, four, five, six on a good year uh, because maybe somebody went down with an injury or two during the previous season, but nobody really graduated out. Nobody notable. Um, They're grabbing points at home. Again, chip on your shoulder. Uh, Go Pirates here. Plus 11 and a half. And did you know... This game against NC State, they are playing for a sweet little trophy called the Victory Barrel. 
playing for the victory barrel. Uh, they're going to throw it. some whiskey in there after the game and uh, have a good old time, plus 11 and a half. Uh, give me the Pirates. Also, uh, I believe CJ2K went to ECU, did he not? He did, yes, sir. That's right. Ooh, does he still have the all-time 40, or was that broken? That was broken, wasn't it? Man, I want to say that was broken a couple times recently, but I think he, I want to say he is the best NFL player of all those guys to run in like the 4-2 the range. A lot of those guys are just yeah. small, skinny, and can't handle the and can't handle the NFL physicality. CJ2K had a nice career. Yeah, don't go tell Al Davis uh, that and beyond the grave, he's going to be <laughs> drafting all those 4-2 guys in the first rounds. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do a Raiders episode at some point to talk about their horrific first round Darius picks. Darius Hayward uh, Bay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, shout out Jared. I uh, was with him when they drafted Darius Hayward Bay, and he preferred Crabtree at the time, so he threw his phone against the wall, shattered into 10 pieces. Uh, secondly, shout out uh, listener Zach, a uh, big LSU guy. I uh, don't know if he's going to the game this weekend. We'll have to check in. Uh, but anyway, going to my sixth and final pick of my six-pack. Uh, as much as it pains me to do this, and it's kind of out of principle. So the 29-50 and 50 or 29-51, and 51, whatever the stat was of Week 0 teams playing in Week 1 teams, uh, my opponent in this matchup fits the bill. They are the team that you would expect to be on the losing end of most Week 1 games because they played in Week 0 because nobody else is ever going to watch their games. And that's UTEP. They got smacked last week by UNT, the Mean Green. They are playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma at home. They are minus 30.5 point favorites, which is good because that line came down. I think it was 31 and a half or 32. And I could see this game randomly getting like a 31 point margin of victory. Uh, I do believe in Brent Venables in the defense, so it's going to be hard for UTEP to put up points. It was hard for UTEP to put up points against UNT. Uh, mostly, very simple here, UTEP is trash. Oklahoma has a lot of talent and now has one of the preeminent defensive minds coming in. Uh, will Oklahoma be able to score 30 points? Hell yeah, they will. Uh, they have Jeff Levy uh, coming over who previously has experience with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, at quarterback, offseason, he transferred uh, from, I want to say he was at UCF or something. Then he transferred yep. to UCLA for like a week and then he transferred to Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really weird scenario there. I wonder how that would have played out, by the way, if DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, had stayed and Dylan Gabriel's like, screw it, I'm coming in to try to unseat the fifth year starter. Uh, but long story short, doesn't matter. Boomer sooner, as much as that hurts to say, give me Oklahoma minus 30 and a half. And Clayton, I'll go to you for your shot. Let's go. Liam, one thing I love about your um, your group of picks here, half of your picks, three out of the six, are, um, are group of five teams. I love that. Damn right. Shows, Damn right. But they're that, playing uh, on real TV. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. Shows that we're versed in, in the whole sport and, and we know everybody. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, for, for my shot here, um, I'm going to, I'm going to um, go to a parlay. Uh, the first leg of my parlay, the Arizona Wildcats are playing at the San Diego state Aztecs. There's another uh, power five team opening up their season at a group of five team. Going to be fascinating. Um, Arizona is supposed to be a lot better this year. Um, look for them to win a, maybe a game or two more than their win total. Um, they are, are six point underdogs, but I'm, I, I think they have a good chance to win that game. Give me them money line. Their money line is plus two ten. All right. And I'm going to pair that Here's an, another principal play. I was looking at, you know, spreads and whatnot, and, and this game kind of jumped out to me. It's another Iowa school. I'm fading both of these Iowa schools, man. They There's just too many points there that they're favored by. The state of Iowa doesn't like offense. Give me South Dakota State, who that they're a very solid FCS program, plus 18. 
at Iowa, uh, which, which is minus 110, of course, on the spread. Um, so th- those two games combined, that'll get you plus 490. Take it to the bank. That that game's hitting. Um, South Dakota State is a solid FCS program. Like I said, they usually uh, are competing in, in the playoffs and, and usually competing up to the quarterfinals, semifinals um, for the FCS level. So they're really good. Um, you know, Iowa, is another um, Power Five team opening at home against an FCS team. We know what Iowa does. They run the ball. They let the clock run. Um, not really much throwing or passing, not really much athleticism, going to be slow. I just don't trust them to cover 18 points. Um, so, yeah, Arizona going to win outright at San Diego State. And then South Dakota State going to cover that plus 18 at Iowa. Comes out to 490. Um, funny thing about both these games, are both these teams are SDSU, San Diego State University, South Dakota State University. I love it. <laughs> Taking one, fading one. Fun fact about that matchup against Arizona, San Diego State will be opening their new stadium. It is called Snapdragon Stadium. They will not be playing at Qualcomm anymore, thank God. Uh, stadium's looking fire, so that's the only that's thing right. working against you there. Uh, I do like Jed Fish and the University of Arizona to improve upon what they built upon, which is nothing last year. Uh, but I do agree with you. They should hit the over on their win total by a game or two in hand. And, hey, maybe he'll get something cooking there. Uh, they can become a, a future Big 12 team or, you know, uh, some some other offshoot of a conference and win like seven, eight games a year. I could see that. But uh, the the party Super Bowl there, the University of Arizona coming from Tucson to go to San Diego State. Uh, <laughs> Very th- true. Those kids know how to get after it, man. Uh, I'm going to keep mine simple. And it's tin foil hat time again. Uh, this go. is mostly a pick because nobody's talking about it. And I feel like everybody under the sun was talking about BYU the last three or four years. And even in a year uh, where they overachieved, I think where they had double digit wins uh, coming into the season, they were getting talked about a lot because their schedule was brutal. Uh, but people were thinking they were going to be about six and a half, seven and a half wins. They overachieved there. That was two or three years ago. Then last year, have another very solid season. Um, this year, I haven't heard anything about BYU. Uh, also, similarly, I find this line far too close for a team of BYU's caliber the last three, four, five years versus a team of USF, that's University of South Florida, the Bulls caliber the last eternity, uh, aside from Matt Brothy <laughs> yeah. again, uh, back in the, the mid-2000s. Um, the fact that this is a 12-point spread concerns me, and it concerns me so much that I'm going to take USF to win this game outright. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, Watch hey, it happen. Those, those, kind of like the Utah-Florida game. Those BYU kids up there in the mountains in Utah, not very not very hot, not very humid, going down to play in, in Orlando. It's going to be hot, muggy, going to get a lot of cramps. Look for them to run out of steam in the second half. Dude, absolutely. And they're all like 35. So that's got to <laughs> contribute to their teardown here. Also, Jerry Bahannon, uh, not the best quarterback, but a solid one from Baylor transfers into USF. Uh, that's right. Jeff Scott going on third year at their uh, as their head coach. I think he was formerly of Clemson. He was originally a yep. wide receiver, wide receivers coach, and now a third year head coach here. Atrocious first two seasons. Maybe he's actually built something. And for all those random reasons, give me USF plus 310 to win the game outright. Plus 310. I love it. I like that pick, Liam. You know, when I was scrolling through the, the lines, I, I stopped and stared at, at that USF line for, for a few minutes. So I, I like the pick. Very good. What were you thinking, though? Were you going to take BYU minus 13? No, no, no. USF plus the points. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Screw so, the points. I, They're going to win out. Screw the points. Now. Money line, baby. Let's go. Big money. Let's get also, it. I do want to talk uh, before we leave real quick about a, a TikTok you sent me, which apparently is this new fangled <laughs> social media thing. Um, I love it, man. Uh, we've been talking about fading Colorado all off season and how historically awful they're going to be. So uh, this guy named Preston Lopez, it looks like he put $100 a day for the last 45 days every day on TCU to cover the spread playing at Colorado. I hope he's going to the game. Um, I love this. It, it allowed him to get the line at eight and eight and eight, and then it moved to eight and a half, and then it moved to nine. This morning, it's 14. So uh, oh, this yeah. guy single-handedly has probably been moving this line because who the hell is betting on this? Uh, but it is wise money. Uh, I, I feel like TCU is going to win that game by 20. Um, 14 is a little scary. I loved it at eight. I like it at like 12, but um, I still kind of like it, I guess, at 14. Uh, but real degenerate behavior there. We have to reward that with a shout out on this pod. Yes, I, that that video was hilarious. Uh, props to this guy for for going all out. But um, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier with with the uh, Vandy in Hawaii game. You know, I, I tend to fade social media. So this game, you know, just after watching that video, this kind of made me want to jump on Colorado and put a little bit on Colorado to maybe cover the spread or win outright. But I, I can't do it. Like like we mentioned earlier, Liam, Colorado is going to be really bad this year. I, I would be shocked if they covered. So it's going to be like Vandy Hawaii last week. That was just destruction. Yeah. And Vandy's probably not going to be that good. That was just, why is that bad? Uh, yeah. Man, football's here. Real college football is here. We got three straight days of it. If you include yesterday and today, it's actually like five days. Five. Uh, I think we get a Monday day. Wow. Yep, we uh, have Clem- Clemson, Georgia Tech on Monday. That'll be fun. Ooh, ooh, I wonder who's going to win that game. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, no idea. But man, I'm going to park it on the couch. I'm going to get multi-monitors up there. I'm going to be flashing between games. I have told every one of my colleagues at work that this is my vacation. I am not going to the Bahamas. I am not going to Europe. I am sitting on the couch on Saturday and watching every game. I cannot wait. Let's do it. Thanks, Liam. See you guys.